Okay, so today uh, I want to share a sermon with you that I got to be honest with you, in my heart, like more so like maybe in my, in, in my head, I just, I don't feel like I've finished this sermon yet. And so I, here's how I want to say it to you. As a pastor, you know, like you come up with sermons and you're writing and you're praying and you're creative and some things really honestly sort of sit on a shelf for years. And then, you know, some things kind of come together more quick. And this one's kind of been uh, baking, if you will, for a little while. And, and God's been kind of showing me some things on it, but I didn't quite feel like the bow is on it, but it's also not my sermon. It's the Lord's. Are you with me? So when he says it's time to share it, you share it. And so I don't really feel like there's a bow on it quite yet, just for, for my style. Uh, but I would say it like this. The reason I'm sharing it today is because God was like, I really need somebody to hear it today. So someone's going to hear this sermon today and you needed to hear it today. And that's why it's being said today, even though my comfort level might not be 100% in it yet. Uh, it's up to God and the Holy Spirit to deliver it anyway. Are you with me? And so uh, there's a method that we see from Jesus when it comes to the way that he taught. And it works like this. He, 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 he uh, led and spoke uh, in three really kind of ways. If you followed his teaching, uh, he, was, he did preaching, teaching, and then you saw healings. So when he would come into town or he'd come into a new environment, you would see him do preaching, teaching, healing. Preaching being inspirational, motivating, encouraging, uh, really uh, sort of more of the up, probably a little bit more passion behind it. You might have seen in the preaching like an inspirational, maybe that's where we got like a parable or, or a thing. And then teaching would be uh, more of a broke down, sort of taught. Maybe he would use um, some of the Old Testament or he would refer back to the Old Testament. He would, he would give us a teaching. But the result of those two things was was always healings or the miraculous or breakthrough or life change. Are you, are you with me? And so today's sermon might be a little bit more on the, like the preaching side. I'm using an example of eagles and I'm just trying to kind of inspire, uh, encourage you, inspire you. And so I hope you're okay with me being a little more on the preaching side of it today. Uh, but there's something in here. Do you know all throughout scripture, the Jewish mind, when uh, they would hear a teaching that said, oh, it's like an eagle or, or oh, this is like a rock or this is like a this their mind would automatically go to, we need to understand everything about that. It was never a wasted word. You understand what I'm saying? So when we read in scripture about an eagle, it would be like, well, what does that mean for me? And what does that mean for... So that's a little bit what we're going to do today is really break down this idea. So the title of my sermon this morning is, When God Says It's Time to Fly. When God Says It's Time to Fly. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 10 says this, He found him in a desert land... And in a wasteland, a howling wilderness. He encircled him, he instructed him, and he kept him as the apple of his eye. How many of you are grateful in this past three, four months that God has encircled you, he's instructed you, and he's kept you? Can I get an amen this morning? It's the testimony of our lives. And it says this, this is Moses looking afar, right? That's who's writing this. Moses is looking off and he sees this eagle stirring up its nest. And he says this in verse 11. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings, so the Lord alone led him. So the scripture is saying, just like the eagle stirs up a nest, but then also puts the eaglets on its back and hovers over them and cares for them, just like the eagle does that, so does our God on our behalf. How many are with me? How many of you have felt the eagle pick you up, the eagle of God? The, you've mounted up on wings of eagles when you didn't have the strength to fly. How many are you with me? Yeah. Verse 13, it says, He made him ride in the heights of the earth. He may eat the produce of the fields. He may draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. Moses looks up and sees this eagle stirring, and he's saying there's something to know 
about this process with the eagle because all throughout Scripture, you see references to the eagle. So all throughout Scripture, just as an eagle, or, or we mount up with wings as eagles. The significance of eagle is big in Scripture, so there's a lot to learn here. But it's interesting because he draws attention to the way the eagle stirs up a nest. And so those of you that aren't National Geographic, uh, maybe nerds or dorks, uh, I would encourage you, go get yourself some Disney Plus and uh, start watching some of these, and you'll learn some stuff. Uh, but here's the thing with the eagle. The eagle will stir up this nest. This eagle will stir up because the nest isn't the final place for an eaglet. Are you with me this morning? The eagle, the nest is just the beginning. The nest is the safe place. The nest is where you start, but where you finish is out flying and soaring and above the enemy. Are you with me? So Moses is saying, hey, what we need to notice here is that this nest is getting all sort of stirred up and busted up. But then we see from Job, Job is given this account of his life. In Job 29, verse 4, you don't got to turn there. I'm going to kind of paraphrase. But he says this, Oh, the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my home. In verse 6, he says, my steps were like butter. He said, my life, I had just this relationship with God. Everything was going great. It was so perfect. My steps were like butter. It was just going so good. I had everything put together. Maybe some of you, that's your testimony for the beginning of this year. Oh, my friendship with God and everything was going and I was on pace to do it. My steps were like butter. And then COVID, are you with me? Verse 18, he then says this though. He said, then I said, I shall die in my nest. I want you to hear this. He said, then he says, I, I, oh, my steps are like butter. I've got this connection with God. I've got this. And he says, I should, you know, my plan is going to be to kick my feet up and just enjoy this nest. And God's like, excuse me. Did I, did I hear you just forecast complacency for yourself? Butter and smooth, and you're going to just kick up in the nest until you die. God's like, that's not how it works. And some of you know the story with Job. The enemy comes in and says, I'm going to come after your guy. And the whole thing happens, and, and Job goes through this great trial. And I just wonder if it's connected to the idea of God has not called you to be nest people. He hasn't called me to be comfort zone, nest, hideout in a nifty nest, but instead God has called us to learn and discern and figure out who we really are. Why? So we can fly. So we can be people who soar above the things that are trying to hinder us. Are you with me? Amen. Nest people, uh, nests are cozy. Nests are comfortable. Nests are even perched. They get up into a high place, right? We build these nests in our life where we get cozy, we get comfortable, we get perched. Look what I built. Look at this perching place that I've created for myself. And we forget that God is the one who gives our ability, our hands ability to, are you with me? Yeah. Safety and they're protected and they're controlled. We love controlled things, don't we? We love nests because we can control them and they're tightly, you know, easy. And are you with me? They're specific. Nests, nests are specific. We like specific. I want to keep it just like this, the same old way, the same old thing, the same old, right? If I wasn't married, I'd wear the same favorite t-shirt. I'd just get it in one color for 10 different days. And I like specific and in order and just, you know, and so thank God for that. Amen. She's busting up my nest. She's like, get out of there. But we like specific. We like why? Because control, because safety, because we, we like it by our own hand. And God is like, well, hold on a minute. Let's stir up this nest because you're not made to be a nest. You're made, made to be a flyer. Amen. So the mother, this is interesting, the, the process in which she chooses who she trusts in a mate, 
The process in which she chooses who she trusts, there's, there's a test. You wouldn't believe this. I know it's hard for us to understand, but the females actually test the males. Can you believe it? Puts them through like a, a series of things they need to do before they trust them. So the first thing she does is, you know, the male uh, eagle, he's flying around her. He's flirting. He's, you know, showing off his wings. He's trying to be a big guy. And, and he's around her. But what she does is she says, all right, I'm going to test this guy. And so you can look it up. She goes out and she first gets a stick. She goes out and she gets the stick and she flies about 15,000 feet high. And she gets up there and she drops the stick. And so the male, he's noticing this because he's paying attention to her. He says, oh, watch this. I'm going to show her that she can trust me. Look at my ability here. Watch her. I'm going to show her what I can do. And he gets into a dive. And an eagle in a dive can go almost 200 miles per hour. And so he's racing after this stick. And he catches the stick. And, and that's a pretty easy one because it's a stick. But of course, you know, this female eagle has more than one test to try. <laughs> so she now goes and gets... A limb, or you could maybe say like a branch, a bigger stick. And this time she goes to less of an ascension. She's at 5,000 feet up high, and she gets out there, and she drops it. And sure enough, it starts falling, and now he's got to go even faster to catch it. And this time when he catches it, it tugs him a little. This one really pulls on him. There's some weight behind it because she's checking to see if she can trust him. Can she trust this eagle? And so, of course, he passes that test, and... She didn't just have two tests for him. She has another test. And so this time she basically has a small tree and she only goes up to about 500 feet. And so she's getting ready to drop that. And like every good man, she said, don't, he's saying, don't do it. Don't drop that tree. Don't make us do that. Oh, okay, we're going to do it. You're going to drop it, aren't you? And she drops it and she looks at him and he's looking at her and he's doing like what we all do. Oh, am I supposed to go get, oh, I better go get it. So he steps up, and you're not just going to sit there and do nothing, are you? <laughs> so he goes and gets it. But this time, when he grabs onto it, this time it's pulling him, right? And it's dragging him towards the rock, and it's dragging him toward the cliff, and it's bringing him toward his demise. But he's still pulling, and with all his might, he's able to still stop the tree, basically, from hitting the ground. And the test here... For the mama eagle and the male eagle here is this, the, the can you save, can you, can you come in and reach and protect my eaglets? Why? Because when she stirs up the nest, there becomes a season where she actually tosses them out. And in the tossing out, she wants to know, do you have the ability to fly faster than they fall? When we're studying the eagle, I'm here to tell you this. We serve a God, an eagle who swoops up underneath us, who can fly faster than we fall. Can I get an amen? You got a God who can, on a beeline, make it to you when you're falling. You say, oh, I'm tumbling, I'm falling, I'm headed toward the rock. Well, the good news is you have a God who promises that he will mount you up on his wings like an eagle. You can't fall fast enough to fall away from God. Are you with me? That's why the scripture says, oh, we get cast down, but you're what? Not destroyed. Because you got an eagle who can catch you. Our family loves Disney World. And, um, you know, we, we pray for those that go to Universal, but we go to Disney World. And uh, you've heard me say this before, that our budget every year starts with we give our first to God and we, we figure out our generosity, what God's called us to give uh, to, to him. But then number two is our trip to Disney World. Number three is the mortgage, college tuition, all that stuff happens later. We love our trip to Disney, but they have a ride there called the Tower of Terror. How many have ever been on the Tower of Terror? 
Okay, the rest of you will pray for you after service. You need to get to Disney. But the Tower of Terror, when you come into this area, when you get into Orlando, you start coming into the Disney resorts and all the theme parks and all the things. And the building, the massive building that you see above all the other buildings is this ride called the Tower of Terror. And I'm not a heights person. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to Disney. I've seen the Dumbo ride. I can handle that. I didn't know about Towers of Terror. But my wife's a junkie for this stuff. And the other part is you can't say no, like, oh, I'm not going to go on that ride when you're in line. Because there's like a three-year-old girl this tall next to you. Like, I'm too scared. And she's like, I love it. You have to do it. So this ride, okay, Tower of Terror, it's, it's, I get, it reaches somewhere into space. It qualifies to be in space. They take you all the way up. And they play all this scary music on your way up. And, and then they turn out the lights. And some of you know what's, what happens in this thing. You get up there and then it drops and you are just falling and, and cursing. <laughs> and so you're falling, but that's not the worst part because you can kind of plan for that. But then what they decide to do, the, the demonic Mickey Mouse over there, he says, let's rip them back up. And so it's not like you fall and then you're like, ting, 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 back up. No, it's with the same amount of force, they rip you back up and then they drop you back down and they rip you. And it's insanity and you lose your salvation every time. And I come out of there, so Lord, forgive me all the things I've done. Today I'm the one, you know, come for me. But it feels like when you follow God sometimes, it feels like we would love the nest. We'd love the nifty nest. We'd love everything put together and controlled. But can I tell you, walking in your purpose and your assignment and your destiny sometimes feels like the Tower of Terror with God. You're falling out. You're tumbling to the rock. He brings you back up and you're falling back down. And he, are you with me today? I got anybody who's had any kind of experience with walking with God, you realize that he never fails you. He never leaves you. He never let, but there's still the ups and downs. Are you with me? But in America right now, what we want to do is we want to just rebuild the nest. I believe we are in an incredible time to live. Some of you are like, what? No, listen. The scripture says that God knew you and he knit you and he put you together and he formed you and he predestined you and he planned you to be right here in your favorite year, 2020. <laughs> I'm trying to say this to you. You say, I can't handle any more of this. Everybody's saying, I can't handle any more of this. I can't do any more of this. Actually, you can because God meant for you to be here right now where you are today. You're able. We can do this. And when you feel like you're falling toward the rock, he's going to come and get you. Can I get an Amen. So it is a lot of ups and downs. I love the Corey Asbury song, The Father's House. He says this. He says, what looks to me like weakness is a canvas for your strength. All the times that we're like, I can't do it anymore. I don't got it anymore. God's like, it's perfect. I can start right, right? Yeah. I said last week, sometimes the best thing we can ever say to God is, I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, awesome. I've been waiting for that. Now let's go. Yeah. Are you with me? It's in, his, it's in our weakness that he becomes strong. He knew us. He formed us. He numbered our days. So we may be saying like, oh, I just wish I could put the nest back. When things go back to normal, are you with me? Put this nest back together and I'll get back in my little comfort zone of my... We don't want our nest put back together. Can I get him in today? You don't want it. Because why? Because God is teaching us and advancing us and showing us that you weren't made to live in a nest. You were made to fly. Can I get an amen today? <laughs> Sometimes the most cruel measures are almost required in order for us to develop into what we uh, are called to be. I watch some of these nature shows with my kids and it looks cruel. 
you see this eaglet stirring up this nest and taking out all the comfortable things at the eagle and the little eaglets are now starting to get poked by sticks and they've lost the comfort of the feathers and the animal hide and all the things that kept it cozy and now they're getting poked and it's uncomfortable and you can tell they're irritable and she's also starting to show them that eventually you're going to get you're going to get flicked out of this nest <laughs> And I'm watching it with my kids, and how do you explain that? Yeah, that mama, she loves them. She's going to throw them off the cliff. <laughs> we feel the same way about our walk with God. You guys come into my office, and you're saying, I'm going through this, and I'm going through that. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I know it seems cruel, but he loves you. He's throwing you out of the boat because he loves you. <laughs> Are you with me? It's calling for me. It's calling for me. When we, when we allow God in this process to, to prickle the nest and move us on, it forms our calling. It's, it's our destiny deciding moments when we trust God to, to leap out of these nests. I wish it all got formed by the way that we came in and shouted and worshiped and lifted him up. All those things are important, but it's not, it's not everything. Are you with me? Then we have people that just want to be the folded winged Christians. Everything they do is just in their nest with their security and their blessing and their convenience and their comfort and they have all their own provision. Are you with me? Look at me. I'm so God's favor is on my life. And so I don't need to fly. Look at this nest. And God begins disturbing it, disturbing it, right? All of a sudden, this didn't go the way you thought it was. And that person walks out of your life and this thing doesn't turn out the way you want it to. And he starts prickling the nest. Why? Because he's going to, it's going to cause you to find that full potential. Nifty nest Christians are my favorite too. We pretend like we got it all together because our nest is nifty. Everybody, have you seen this study that I've done? I've been on a 347 year study. Like you're, you're 40 years old. How did you? <laughs> Talking about how nifty our nest is. And we, oh, we have everything put together. We never admit a weakness. We never admit a pain. We never admit a poking. Are you with me? Niftiness people. We love to shield our kids from everything. We love to shield our schedules from everything. Well, I'd love to serve at church, but you know, I just got a lot of Netflix to watch. I'd love to. I said that out loud. Did I say that? You know, I'd really love to serve, but I got to keep this nest so nifty in my life. I don't want any extracurricular. Are you with me? Pastor Joe and Kaya Bevilacqua, they're pastors at New Chapel. I'm on their board in Grand Rapids. They're sitting here, and it's tempting me to start talking about blockout dates in Planning Center. <laughs> but I don't want to talk about their church because you guys are all great. I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll be sending an email tomorrow. I'm promising you that. We saw those August blockouts, you sinners, heathens. But we love these shields. We love to put up all these safety things around our life. We want to under control these nifty nesting. But that's not how God advances us. He advances. Why, why does he do it? It seems cruel. Why does he do this? And why is it? Because he's trying to get us to discover that we were made for more than the nest. The eaglets have no clue that they have some of the most powerful wings you could ever have in your life. Are you with me today? They have no idea the, the power in their talons and their ability to carry things until what? Until they get out of the nifty nest. And I'm here to tell you the same thing this morning. Until you get out of the nifty nest, until you let God bust that thing up, until you get out of there, you're never going to know what you were made to be. So allow God's process to work its place. Uh, I thought about this. Uh, what you begin to see these little eagles do is they begin to, as the, the feathers are removed and the animal hide, as all those things are removed, 
sticks begin to stick out. And what these eaglets do is they start climbing up and grabbing onto these sticks. For the first time, they're using their talons. What are they doing? They're learning for their first time their ability to be able to stand. Do you know that before you can fly, you got to learn how to stand? These eaglets first start learning how to step up and, and, and look beyond their little sphere. And they begin to go, oh, look, there's a whole world out there that I'd like to be a part of. Not just this nifty. So then they first begin to learn to stand. We need to get back to, as a church, being some people that know how to stand for some things. Compromising everything. Selling out to everything. Because we're so scared of cancel culture. Are you with me? I love the old country song. I'm a country music listener. And so uh, I love the old, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. We've got to, as people, learn, like, what do you stand for? I still stand for worshiping. I still stand for reading the word. I still stand for serving in my community. Are you with me? I still stand for the unborn. I still stand for purity and righteousness. Are you with me? If we don't stand for something, we'll fall for everything. We'll never learn to fly. We'll never take our place. And we'll never be who God's called us to be until we learn how to stand. I stand for the next generation and bridging the gap and leading them in what God has called us to do. We have to take a stand. I thought about it like this. The problem with getting out of the nest is it makes you look foolish. Again, if I had the time, we could have edited up a bunch of videos. But these poor little eaglets, they, they really, they don't fly first. They fall first. They're tumbling. They don't know how anything works. They're just, fall, they're just falling to the ground. So you look really foolish in the falling, don't you? Yeah. God calls you out of the nest. He, he, he busted it up. He prickled it up. And now you're on your way out of the nest. You're, you're saying, I can't believe I have this dream. I can't believe I have this passion. I can't believe I have this thing that I want to go do. It's making me feel and look and seem so foolish. It's part of the process of learning to fly. I thought about all this stuff. Facebook Live, preaching sermons to cameras. Joe could talk to you about this. We're, we're coming in these rooms and we're preaching to these cameras and we don't know what the heck is going on on the other side. We think we're making a difference or helping people. I have no idea. If you thought about it too long, you would drive yourself crazy. I think about Jess and Vanessa. They're, they're going in on Wednesday nights. They're not preachers. That's not what they're paid to do. They put together these Wednesday and they're studying curriculum and they're raising kids and they're homeschooling. They're doing all these things. And then all of a sudden, when it, the, the, the crescendo of it all, the foolishness of it all, if you will, the falling out of the nest of it all. Is God called me. I know he told me to. I know I got a purpose to, to go live and minister to these women. I'm gonna, and so what they do is they find themselves in a room with a stupid iPhone stuck on a thing. And, and that's the reality of your falling. You're going like, I hope it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? None of it's stupid, right? But it's the falling. This idiot over here, Bevilacqua, he's my good friend. I'd call him that. I think he kept his church shut down for like 10 minutes. That's it. When did you guys go back to parking lot church? We were three weeks out. Yeah. So they shut it down for three weeks. Then this tumbling out of the nest fool, no joke, gets a tent, puts it on the roof of his building, tells everybody to come with their cars, and it's March in Michigan. Bro, I got this idea. You should try it. I was like, cool, bro. <laughs> did you feel like a fool? Of course he did. Did people get saved and lives changed? Of course they did. Why? Because it's the falling. It's the tumbling. It's that kind of stuff that, that is what leads to your ability to learn to fly and be who God called you to be. Can I get an amen? I'm not talking about, about silly and ridiculous. I'm talking about you're following God into what he's called you to really be. 
Nifty Nest Christians will never have that experience. The other thing that's annoying is eagles, they don't flap their wings. They don't create their own. They don't flap. Chickens flap. Eagles flutter. We're going to get to this in just a minute. A lot of, too many of us listen to the flappers in our life. <laughs> People that stayed up in the nest were comfortable, safe, and they're talking down to you when you're trying to fly, you're trying to take a thing, and they're talking over that, look at you, you don't belong out there. You're never going to make it. I can't believe you're following God into that. He's never going to make it. You're, how many have ever had that experience? You're always going to have an addiction. You're always going to come up short. Your family's always messed it up. Are you with me? Those are flappers. We don't listen to the flappers. Can I get an amen? amen? But here's what an eagle does. They flutter. But check this out. I want you to really hear this. I'll, I'll close with this. Eagles, chickens flap. They try to make their own thing, right? An eagle waits upon the wind. So an eagle goes up to a high place, gets up on a high rock, a solid rock. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. They, they rest their feet up upon the rock. And then they wait for a wind. Not by might, not by power, by my spirit. Starts coming in around them. God's calling them. He's commissioning them. He's brewing something for them. And they begin to say, okay, God, I feel you. I got you. I mean, it's not always about our feelings, but it's you're sensing the climate, saying, okay, I can get ready to do this. And then from the high place, from the solid rock, they move out into the place that they're called to be. And what's amazing is there's this thermal layer that, that they, they have this ability to find. They find the right spots. They find the right moments. They find, they wait upon the Lord. They find the right things. So what's amazing about them is they'll begin to fly in circles. Maybe you've seen them circle a lake or circle an area. And, and each time they get higher and higher because as momentum happens, as they circle, as they trust God, that thermal layer pushes them up and elevates them and takes the, the draft off them. Are you with me? What I'm trying to tell you is you wait upon the Lord. You, you go out off of the rock. You jump off off the rock, but then you just stay with it. You just keep staying with it because the more that you stick to it, the more that you stay in it, the more that you keep trusting him that he's moving and he's operating, he's doing, then that throw, it just gets better and it gets stronger and your momentum builds. We talked about it last week. It's, it's those that stay in it. It's that stickability, I believe, is our greatest ability. Can I get an amen today? Just staying with it, staying with it. That's why the scripture says in Isaiah 40, verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Why? Because it's, it's in that flutter. It's that spirit up under their wings. It's that connectivity to God that gives them their ability to soar. It's the same thing in our life. Our mission should not be, oh, when this is over, we're going to put the nest back together and we're going to rebuild. No, the mission needs to be, what's God doing? And how can I put my wings into what the Lord is doing so that I can rise up? Are you with me? And I can fly and I can soar. That's what God wants to do in all of this. So I hope that hits for you this morning. Like I said, I, I, I had a few more like kind of bows I would like to put on it. But God really specifically, so I don't know if there's a businessman here. You're trying to make a decision about something. And God is saying, hey, it's, it's time for you to sense him in this. Leap out from a rock. I don't know what, what it is. But the mission isn't to rebuild the nest. The mission isn't to put it back the way it is. The mission is to, to jump on that back of that eagle who you can trust. Get, get, get out of that nest. Let that thing be broken up. Why? So that you can be all that God has called you to be. Can I get an amen? I thought about it like this for you. 
We say, well, this fell apart and this busted up and this is poking me and that's poking me. If something fell apart, it was heaven's vote. You didn't need it to accomplish what God called you to accomplish. A job fell apart. God doesn't need that to accomplish what you... Well, the bank, I lost this and it didn't work out like this. And I thought by here, I'd be there. You didn't need it to accomplish what God is calling you to accomplish. Well, that relationship, and I thought it was this. And if that relationship walked out of your life, that was heaven's vote that you didn't need it to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish. There's 7 billion people on this planet. I'm pretty sure if one leaves you, you're going to still, are you with me? We just spent so much time trying to put the nest back together, back together, back together. That's why the scripture says, Basically, open your eyes. Take a look around. Can you not see? I'm making a way in the wilderness. I'm making streams in the desert. Let's not rebuild the nest. Amen. Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray for us. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for who you are and how you love us. Lord, I pray that we, like your scripture challenges us too. Lord, I pray that we hide this word in our heart that we protect it, that we don't just let it pass us by, but Lord, we use it to encourage us and change us and convict us and correct us. God, we don't want to be people like Job said, I could just lay up in this nest until I die. We want to be a people who take ground and advance your kingdom, Lord, because our heart's desire is on earth as in heaven. Your will be done. Your kingdom come in Jesus name. Amen.